about a year ago, we connected with a new client, new member here at Carrot, uh, and he's one of the most passionate, action-taking, um, just hustlers that you'll find out there. And I was so impressed. He uh, joined Carrot a week or two later, maybe three weeks later. He was up here in Oregon at our at our uh, Carrot HQ uh, for the very first Carrot Camp, and it was just really, really amazing. And I was crazy impressed seeing what he'd been doing in Dallas, Texas as a solo operator using some crazy, crazy, crazy uh, creative marketing. You're going to be hearing about some of that marketing here on this call, but that's not the end story. Uh, when I was down in Dallas a few months ago, I met him and his two business partners. And since the time I'd first met him about a year ago, um, almost a year ago to this week that I record this, um, he formed a partnership with two other local investors. And since then, they've really scaled up their business in a big way and they've done it by carving out a niche to where they can close deals that most other investors in their in their market can't. They have other investors sending them deals all the time that say, hey, we can't figure out how to make this a deal, and they make them deals. There's one deal that he talks about in this podcast where the person was going through foreclosure. Um, he was able to help save the house. They stayed in the house, and he gave them money, like 20 grand or whatever it was, for her daughter's wedding. And not just that, they're going to end up making a really, really, really big payday at the end of this because they were creative with their deals. So that was a deal that everyone else looked at and said, there's nothing here. And he turned it into a $30,000 plus payday and helped the seller in a big way. And that seller is just eternally grateful. So I want to introduce you to Tang Win and his business partners uh, with the Odd Brothers, the Odd Brothers in Dallas, Texas. Okay. Fred and Eric are his business partners are amazing dudes as well and uh, listen to their story, be inspired by how they saw collaboration, not competition with other people in their market. See how they're being creative and, and thinking about deals in different ways. And when we're entering a, a, a tighter market, you need to be more creative with your deals. You need to find ways to collaborate with other investors, not be competition with them, and shift that mindset, y'all. This is a collaborative industry. When, when you look at your competition as competition and not as collaboration, that's when it gets really, really hard. Okay, that's when you're kind of out on an island by yourself. But they get emails and text messages every single day from local wholesalers and flippers who say, man, I've got this deal. I don't know how to structure it. Is this something you can handle? All right, so introducing Tang Win, Fred, and Eric from the Odd Brothers, and uh, amazing, amazing story. Dive in. Hey guys and gals, Trevor here with Carrot. Uh, I'm crazy pumped about today's episode of the Carrot Cast. I had a chance to meet these three guys down in Dallas uh, when we were there, shoot, about a month ago uh, for an event. And uh, I met Tang about a year ago up here in Oregon for the first Carrot Camp. And uh, it, was, it was just such a pleasure to meet uh, Eric and Fred also because they're a part of this this trio. We'll introduce you what their company name is, how they how they formed, uh, and what, what they're doing that's really, really cool. Um Dude, I'll find a lot of things on Facebook when you guys post things about your deals. I'm like, how did they get? Like, how did they get in that situation with that dealer? Man, that deal is crazy. All, you guys have so many funny stories and interesting stories of deals that you've been able to close that other investors haven't been able to close. So, I want to welcome in uh, the Odd Brothers, Eric, Fred, and Tang into this episode of the Carrot Cast. And uh, guys, welcome. Thanks for hopping on. What's up? Thank you. Thanks for having us. So we'll start off just kind of giving people some perspective on uh, on your business. So you know, where where are you guys at? You know, location wise, uh, what's your business look like? It looks like you guys, of course, you're, you're three business partners, but you have any other team members? And um, anything else about the business will kind of set the foundation there. 
All right. Um, well, we're we're in the Fort Worth DFW area here in Texas. Um, you know, obviously, it's the three of us in the business. We've uh, we've got a digital marketer that that helps with some of our our Facebook and, and other marketing. There, we've got an administrative assistant um, that that we just hired two weeks ago, um, and she's going to handle a lot of our our closings and our transactions there to, to free us up to do a little bit more. Um, what do we got? She's, we've got a couple cold callers and that are, are calling for us, um, about 20 to about 20 hours a week each. And then, um, we've got some VAs that are constantly pulling data. Cool. So, so there's, I, I, I love it. So you guys, you guys have a fully built out team, which is cool. And then kind of what's, what's the volume look like? I know you guys do a lot of deals that aren't the traditional kind of, kind of deal. So, you know, volume isn't always apples to apples when you look in, in, in other markets, but kind of what's your volume look like and what are the primary types of deals you guys are trying to take down? So volume, it's, it fluctuates, uh, but we're, we're averaging at least 10 a month. Cool. Uh, we've hit, uh, 15 close to 15 certain months it just varies but of course the deals are different as well mm -hmm. it's not all wholesale we have an array of deals um like i think we today alone we we, we got five this week three today uh, and it's <laughs> and it's it's all going to be different every single one is a different strategy one's a wholesale one's going to be a fix and flip and one's going to be a hotel so it's just whatever comes in we dissect it. We got we got three three heads in it, looking at the deal, making sure we can come up with the, the best strategy possible and the one that is gonna make the most and uh, that can fit at that time. So, so that's I, one of the parts about having. Sorry, Trevor. No, but that's good, one. It's about having all three of us is, and that's what we like to do is is look at the deal and you know one of us may be thinking about it this way and we can say, well, well that way works, but what if we what if we change our exit strategy a little bit by doing this and and we can figure out uh, the way to optimize and make the most money from every deal? Dude, that's, that's such a good point. I, I want to unpack that a little bit because I know um, you guys made a shift in your own businesses this past year and you joined forces. And I think it's really interesting. I want people, everyone listening to the Carrot Cast to listen to this because especially when a market gets harder, I think a lot of people want to then go, go solo, go in alone. But uh, I think a smart move is like what you guys did is where you found people with with complementary skill sets and you're like, Hey, maybe we can make, build something amazing together. So what did that look like? Um, cause you guys haven't always been business partners. When did you guys decide to join up? How'd you guys find each other? Uh, what does the business partnership look like now? Okay. So, uh, we got married January 22nd <laughs> of this year. It's pretty much a, a, a marriage. It's, um, yeah. it's commitment to each other on, on this. So, Prior to that, we found each other in a um, like an educational a real estate education group, and they had a uh, a mastermind group uh, on, along the side, and that's how we met. We met there. We, we it was like we all joined because of the network. They have a big network of other real uh, real estate uh, investors, mm -hmm. and I just found the the, the guys. That, you know, you, you when you're in it for at least a year, you can find out who's who's going to be moving and who's going to be kicking tires, who's, who's just dabbling in it. Yep. Um, and we just, we just found that energy between us uh, in that group. And I was, I was like, 
let's let's try us out. Let's 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 take out take each other out on dates, you know, lunch dates, and <laughs> see where everybody uh, their goals are and what they want to do. So and uh, so yeah, so we got together uh, on January twenty second and just been rocking and rolling, learning about each other, still learning about each other, mm-hmm. still growing. So. Yeah. So what, what were the three of you guys doing separately before before this? What would your businesses look like and things like that? Um, I was, I guess, I were doing everything. I was doing everything solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, half and half of wholesale, and the other half was a lot of owner financing. Okay. Um, first year, you know, like thirty deals. Second year, uh, just a little less than thirty deals, but I worked half the year mm. I took off last year that's how I was able to come out to carrot because yep. I spent like the whole third and fourth quarter taking vacations and just relaxing and, and uh, just enjoying the family because yep. the year prior I just did nothing but grind on 2016 just grind in 2017 I did grind and I took half the year off on uh, that but that's where I met uh, Eric and introduced him oh just just went to lunch a couple of times and and gave him some of my leads and deals just to take care of it while I'm gone. And mm. I was like, okay, he knows what he's doing. He can do it. He's coachable. I'm just going to keep sending him deals while I'm on the beach in Turks and Caicos and with the family and, and stuff. So, so that was awesome. Um, yeah. And then um, I, I was doing mainly wholesales, I guess, and hadn't really been doing it very long full time I, I quit my full time job in uh, the end of October beginning of November hmm. uh, and actually November 1st I started doing this full time so, so what, really what, what were you doing in, what were you doing in your job before I was uh, I was started as a mechanic and then I was a service supervisor for oh, a heavy sweet. equipment company cool so um, yes yeah, so only two and a half months before we kind of all joined forces but um, that's that was that was what I was doing, wholesaling and, and uh, working before that. So, I love it. Fred, what were you doing, man? Um, I was doing a little bit of everything, doing wholesales, wholesales, fix and flips, uh, some owner finance, wraps. Uh, never done a sub two, though. That's where Tang came in. That's where we kind of balance each other out. So, mm-hmm. and prior to that, I was in the automotive industry for probably seven, eight years. So, so you guys met at, at the, the real estate events, kind of that, that group that I'm assuming meets monthly or whatever it is. And, right. and you guys said, hey, seems like we get along a little bit. You started testing things out. What, at what point did you guys all decide, hey, it makes more sense for us to do this thing together than separately? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much right there in January when we, when we kind of sat down and talked, you know, during those lunches and everything. and. Mm-hmm. and yeah, well, I was coming back from all those vacations and holidays and everything, and then I uh, went to lunch with Fred, and he came with so much energy, so pumped. And I was like, man, this guy's starting a new year, like, super pumped. <laughs> Love it. And I'm like, oh, I got to get back into focus mode and, and everything. I was like, okay, I think I need to get back into it, because he was just telling what he was doing, just, just laying out what he's, he wants this year. I was like, okay, those are some some major goals. So let's see if we can uh, do that and, and along bringing on uh, Eric and, and see if we can do what he does for Fred, but triple it, right? Mm-hmm. And try to get more volume, more deals and just enjoying doing what we do with someone else because yep. 
when you're bump, when you're alone, you can get down real quick. If some deal blows up in your face, you're like, ah, forget this. Let's go do something else, right? Mm-hmm. You just want to blow it off. But now it's a lot of accountability. It's like you can't blow it off. You got a guy next to you that's like working just as hard, and he's pushing. If he's he 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 stumbles, you gotta you gotta hold him up and, and keep going. You mm-hmm. gotta be there to help. So we're just moving. I feel like lightning speed. It's it's crazy now. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's such a big deal. I know, I know a lot of people kind of, when they get into entrepreneurship, they want that rugged individualism, you know, where I, I, I get to work by myself. I can work at the kitchen table, my underwear, whatever, whatever it is. And the, the thing oh. that, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, what, sure. yeah, what do you guys have going on? Um, the, the, the thing, the thing that I love the most about business is the people, you know, it's like, cause especially eventually when you hit your financial goals, um, all that's left is the people and the, the mission and the impact that you've got in the business. Otherwise, like, shoot, why am I in business anymore if we've already hit the financial goals? So uh, did you guys find that by joining forces, you had so many more benefits? I mean, obviously you did, but so many more benefits than what you were losing. Um, kind of how did that weigh out for you? The benefits versus what you guys are losing? Yeah, I mean, you know, like we mentioned, the you know, a huge benefit is just being able to look at those deals with, with three heads instead mm. of one. I mean... Now, to me, that makes up for anything that we may have lost. I mean, because if I were to look at a deal and say, well, I don't know how to make this work, um, you know, and, and maybe Fred will come in and say, man, no, we can we can make this flip work because we can get our costs down here hmm. uh, by using these contractors um, that Fred's got, you know, awesome subcontractors that he acquired over the years or yeah. – you know, Tang came in and said, no, man, this this is going to be a good sub too because our cash flow is going to be high. But I was looking at it as a wholesale. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to me, that, that was worth anything lost right there. Mm-hmm. So, so talking about strategy-wise, that, that, that to me fascinates me. It's so cool that you guys all kind of all came in with different different ways that you were doing deals and different mindsets around it. So what's, what's your guys' break? I mean, if you had to give a breakdown, what's your breakdown right now between sub two, between wholesale, between any other strategy, if you, if you had it? Or is it pretty even across the board? Um, Sorry, we're looking at the board to see. <laughs> we can show you the board. It's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, you show us the board, man. Board. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's, that's awesome. one board. And then <laughs> that's the other board. I love it. So we got a lot of boards. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's uh, it's it's a it's a mixture, but it, honestly, it depends on where we're at financially if mm-hmm. we can handle. Because sub two deals, um, they can get pretty pricey mm-hmm. because you, your money's gonna sit for a while. Yep. And so wholesale, it's like, hey, quick, let's get let's re up the bank, and now we can handle a handful of sub two owner finance deals because mm-hmm. those those are a little longer terms. I might have to reinstate a loan that's twenty grand, put another ten grand in, so I'm thirty in. And what if I only get twenty thousand down on 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 the down payment? Now gotcha. I'm ten thousand negative on the deal, and it's going to take me two years to get my money back. Mm-hmm. And so those I can't do so many deals. I can only do so many, right? And until I'm tapped out. So um, so that's why we'll, we'll we'll have meetings every week, every month about. The, the financials and say, okay, let's cut down on some of these. Let's start wholesaling. Let's get back our wholesale and bring back the, the account. So that's that's how we look at it. So how, how, how do you guys decide if it's a sub two deal versus something else? Are there certain guidelines you look at and go, okay, once it crosses over this threshold, 
it's we consider it as a sub two and kind of what do those guidelines look like? Yeah, so uh, let's just say if it's a wholesale, we can make 30,000 now um, versus we might be in the hole 5,000 on a deal, but we're going to make six figures. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's all, we make it as a group decision every time. And it's tough because when you see the, the numbers for owner finance and the number six figures every time, every deal you create, yeah. it's like so hard to wholesale, but uh, we, we have to be disciplined on some deals and just say, Hey, no, we, we just got to ship it off. You know, we, we, we got to stick to what we say. Um, but once we build the capital, we'll go crazy. Cause that's, that's my number one strategy. I want to do as many owner finance deals as possible. So I think that's, that was, that was the goal when I was there a yeah. year ago, I went a thousand doors in five years. So, uh, that's still, uh, attainable, but actually moved five to three now, or mm-hmm. I think that's a three year goal now. Cool. So. so, so as far as making, you said you might wholesale and make 30 K or, hold on owner finance and make six, fig- six figures. How long does it take you to realize that six figures? How many years? 30. Typically 30 years. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it takes maybe one solid month of gift wrapping mm-hmm. as in like getting the property, getting it ready, putting a buyer in and, and tie it all up in a bowl and then send it off to cash flow city. Like mm-hmm. it's just going to sit in there and just cash flow. And so we just, we're just trying to, do it like just duplicate duplicate that that model yeah so then do you guys have a servicing company that's servicing loans on those or do you guys do it yourself in-house no we use a third-party servicing company um it's it's easier that way it provides a little bit of security for um the the original seller not the 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 seller that sold it to a sub two Mm -hmm. um we use it as a like I said, it just gives them a little security to know that they're not paying us and it's going into our pocket. It's yeah. coming to us um, secondhand through a servicing company. I love it. So I, I kind of want to break down. I want to shift the combo a little bit now. I want to break down some of the cool things we were talking about before we hit recording here. But you guys have been some wild deals lately. And uh, every time I read them on Facebook, I'm like, whoa, what the heck? And there was, there was like the house that burned down. And then you guys are having... <laughs> You guys are having uh, Crown Royal with the sellers on one of them, and like it, it seems like you guys, you guys, it seems like you guys are having fun, and that, that's that's a big part of business. One of our core values is have fun and be different, and I love it because it helps you step out. Also, your guys' company name, um, you know, Odd the Odd Brothers, fast and friendly house buyers. We buy houses in Texas. Let's start there. How did you guys come up with that company name? You described it briefly when we were in Dallas, but where did the Odd Brothers come from? And uh, has that kind of played to your guys' advantage when you when you rebranded? Cool. So uh, that that networking group that we attend to, um, there's a breakout session where um, you know you get to mingle and network with people. And then I had these two brothers that came up to me, and they're like, "Hey, I want to get started. How should I do it? I have." Um, 30,000, should I put it towards this education group or go with it, you know? And I was like, uh, let's go have lunch and we'll talk about it. Yeah. So took them out to lunch and I told them, hey, just spend the money on marketing, then pay, get a deal and then come into this group mm-hmm. and then start, you know, going at it. And they did, they, they spent the money, uh, got bandit signs, got some deals and then they joined the program. Well, their last name is Todd. T-O-D-D. So they're called the Todd brothers. There's actually three brothers. Yeah. And um, 
during the meeting, one it was like fast forward two three months, uh, we we were up in front of the stage and we had, we had a few drinks and uh, and, uh, and the the Todd brother just went up there to introduce himself. I guess it's like a selfless plug yeah. uh, about you and what you can do and provide for everybody. And we're like, well, you guys know the Todd brothers, right? Well, we're the Odd Brothers. Yeah. And then yeah, they're like. That's, that's pretty good. Like, just it, it was crazy. crazy. Yeah. So it's yeah. ever since then, and apparently, yeah, you can tell why we're odd. But it's, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. like, because you can't tell who's who and who's what on, like, likes and dislikes, our favorite music, or maybe our favorite food. Yeah. Like, you couldn't match us up. Yeah. Like, it's, so, it's so crazy. So that's why we, we like it. So. That's fun. Do, do you guys when when you guys work with sellers, do you guys ever get any any people to bring up your company name or ask or ask about that? Like, is that a curiosity point for them? Um, I don't think so yet. I, we're we're definitely getting that name known a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh, and and we do have people that call us because they've heard about us. Yeah. Uh, so so it it's getting out there a little bit. The, uh, the, we're trying the, to do as much as we can there. I love it, man. Dude, the thing I love about it is. Is so many people, and, and it's common. It's, it's really common. There's nothing wrong with it. But so many people start off by trying to name the company this really pretty generic thing. You know, it's like uh, Dallas House Sellers or Dallas House Buyers or something like that. It's a good name. Like it's descriptive and things like that. But when the market gets really competitive, something like what you guys have done, the Odd Brothers. You've got your cartoons of, of each of you guys up on your website. Like it stands out. There's no other company in town that has a company name like that. And uh, to me, it's like it's immediate. When they talk about the Odd Brothers, everyone knows who that is. Versus if you say, "Oh, the Dallas House Buying Company," everyone's like, "I don't know. Who that is like a thousand of them in there." You yeah. know. So I think that's that's has and, and will continue to play to your guys' advantage, which which I love. So one one thing that that, that I'm always really really impressed about, and I love because we, we try to do the same things here with Karen is really love on our clients and really. Uh, I was at a mastermind about a year ago, and this is an amazing mastermind. I asked everyone in that room because you could tell they were all really looking at the numbers. They're all look, really looking at the numbers, the goals, how many deals we do. Everyone kind of walks in there like a you know, like a peacock and stuff like that. And the bummer was when you go and talk with people outside of the event in the, in you know, grabbing a drink or something like that, yeah. everyone felt a little bit empty. And I think a lot of it was because they didn't really enjoy the client that they were working with. And so I asked everyone at the front of the room, I said, you know, by raise of hands, who in here would love to have a beer with your average client? And there are 35 guys in the room, really successful people. Two people raised their hands, me and someone, me and someone else. And I'm like, man, that's part of it. Like, that's part of the, that's part of what's wrong is when we grow these big businesses. If we don't grow them around clients that we love and a client avatar that we love, and we would want to hang out with. It makes business really hard to want to continue to grow it. And so, what have you guys done, and uh, to to really show more love and show more connection with your client? At least from the outside in, it looks like you guys have more than the average investor by far. Um, so, what do you guys do to really show that client that that you care and to give them a, a better experience? Um, I don't know, I'll let you think about it, but for me, it's, it's about building rapport with that, with that client. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether you fully understand or, or empathize with their situation or not, you know, if you can, you know, just hit home on a couple points and maybe find a, a few, um, different points of common ground mm-hmm. and really build that rapport, that's going to go a long way, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and figure out what their need is on the deal because everybody that's selling a house is selling a house for a reason. Yeah, uh, 
you know, and you can't just go in thinking that they're selling a house because they want the money. Mm. Um, I think that's where a lot of investors make a mistake. And if you go in and you really sit and listen to those those people that you're buying a house from, or you're, you know, you're trying to make an offer, uh, that's going to mean a lot more um, in most cases than just going in and being the highest number. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely that rapport. Uh, like I uh, mentioned to Trevor, like last year at the the, the camp, uh, care camp, my note taking is all about them before the house. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm taking. Like you see my notes when I'm t- when I'm at a house has nothing to do with the bedroom, nothing to do with what's leaking or whatever. I take more of like what's the dog's name, how many kids they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm going deep into uh, uh, to that to that client and just to get to know them and then and then figure it out right then everything's going to open up yeah. they're they're more open to, to explaining anything whatever you want to know about the house or whatever because they already opened up with with everything in their lives and you can relate on certain items and um just last month we we've uh helped a a client pay for her daughter's wedding <laughs> and kept her in the house kept the client in the house it wasn't that she wanted to sell. It's, it's because there was other, a different uh, need. Yeah. And so... Um, she had a wedding to pay for. Yeah, she had a wedding to pay for. You know, and and, um, and once at the end of this, 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 it's pretty much a partnership with her because we're, we're relying on her to, to follow through on what we agreed upon. Mm-hmm. And coming February, she might be a hard money lender. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Huh. Cra- like nobody would think that. Yeah. You, Everybody thinks, oh, they're they're going in foreclosure. They're losing the house. They're, you know, they're they're just, you know, write them off. Yeah, write them mm-hmm. off. They're, no, like she she's gonna be a hard money lender. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. But nobody see, nobody saw that. Another investor brought that to me because no, he couldn't do anything with it. He they had two or three other investors. Nobody could do anything with it. And then we we got in and and. We got the, we got it done. So so can can you guys break down? Because I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this going. So they paid for a wedding, they kept them in the house, and now she's potentially going to be a hard money letter. So like, how, how does that transaction? How, how did you guys structure that transaction? Like technically, technically. So so I I listened to her needs, and she she gave me a list of everything she's uh, what she's going through, and pretty much she's in oil and gas. She mm-hmm. had she has a good job. Just that she uh, she had a divorce and in a divorce decree that she had to give up part of her equity hmm. in the house and then the bad thing on the side is the ex husband um, demanded a kind of lap- yeah he put a lien on the property for an extra twenty thousand oh no kidding but she was advised not to pay it um, she knew that he wouldn't go away if she didn't hmm. so she paid an extra twenty thousand just to. To get the lien off and make him go away. Oh, yeah, wow. and then that twenty thousand um, caused her to get behind on payments, which was right around that number. And so she was like, "I'm losing this house in two weeks." And the same time, I'm, you know, I don't want to lose this house. I'm, I'm trying to keep this house, but I have so much coming up uh, ahead, and it's just time. So she needed the time. So, so we came in, and I showed her what. And then now we're talking about the numbers. I was like, okay, well, let, let's see what the house is worth. Let's see what we agreed upon on the buy price, right? And um, how do we structure it? 
Yeah, so what, what we agreed upon on the buy price and what you owe. So I think she owed two twenty, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then yeah, two twenty, and we're we're gonna buy at two fifty, a little less than two fifty. So it's about twenty. She ended up getting around twenty six. Yeah, twenty six thousand in her pocket. Okay. Right. So to protect us, uh, we're like, okay, so what can you pay monthly to stay in this house? Because if you stay in this house or go somewhere else, you got to pay rent or mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. So what can you afford monthly? And she said, uh, I can afford 2000 a month. The monthly mortgage was $1,700 a month. So so I was like, okay, if you can afford 2000 a month, I will withhold. I'll pay the next six months for you. So the 26000 I was going to give you, I'll hold, uh, what, 12000 Okay. So really I held that and to make sure her monthly mortgage is paid for. Mm-hmm. Right, because she was in a loan modification. So okay. loan modification, they allow you to, they allow you to make three on-time payments. So there was a, there was a, sorry, there That's was a good. reinstatement amount of twenty-four thousand. Right, mm-hmm. she had to pay that off if she, uh, but they granted her a loan modification. So that gives her, if she can make three monthly payments on time, they'll take that twenty-four thousand and put it on the back end of the loan. Oh, uh, I gotcha. So cool. she doesn't have to come up with twenty-four thousand right then and there. Mm. And so all I had to do was make all on-time payments. So I used the funds that the twenty-six thousand, I used it to pay, and then the rest I gave to her for the wedding that she needed for her daughter. And so and then in six months. And in six months, oh yeah. Well, it's six. No, that's fine. In six months, she's agreed to to purchase the property back um, from us. And what did we what did we put in there to to secure that? I forget. Well, she's purchasing at the the property at full value of uh, the full value retail. yeah retail price. Okay, because that's what we we told her. Say hey, this is the market value, correct? And she she said yes. Okay, so you will buy this house back at the full market. So yes, because if you can help me in this situation, I will buy back the house. And I, it blew my mind. I was like, you understand like what we're about to do, right? She's like, yes, I want to do that because I love my kids. <laughs> this the house I grew uh, they grew up in. And I'm gonna keep this. This is gonna to go to them. Yeah. And I, asked, of course, you gotta ask how, why, right? So yeah. how, how are you gonna do this? How, how are you gonna make this payment? And then she, she told us what's going on with her. So yeah, with her oil and gas investments and, and yeah. everything there. So and so she's uh, her, her new boyfriend, I guess, um, has million dollar contracts with oil and gas, and and she. Him and uh, them too. They're they're, gonna, they're getting ready to do a, a business together where they're contract. They're doing oil rigs, oil mm. rigs. So sorry, oil <laughs> rigs. And they they're they're just. <laughs> sorry, I'm a little nervous still. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're, they're about to get a, a pretty big contract. He's retiring too at the end of the year, so they'll be able to buy it back cash. Oh really? Easy. Okay. Yeah. That, that was another question so, that's popping up in my mind. It's like if she's behind on payments, she's probably not going to be able to to get a loan, so they're buying it cash. Is there any? I guess what happens if they don't? They just keep paying rent to you guys. And... No. So we put in a lease option in there. Mm-hmm. So they have the option to purchase it at that time. Okay. If they don't buy it at that price at that time, then we just get the property back yeah. during that time mm-hmm. or renegotiate. Well, there's always. So as part of the closing, we we got the. Uh, deed to the property, so we we technically own it, mm-hmm. and and 
is a lease option as just a protection. So they have the option to buy it back in six months. If they don't, then it's then it's our house. So do you guys have any, I, I, I love kind of breaking stuff down like this because especially in a competitive market like right now, one of the ways that people can actually crack through some of that competition is by being more creative with their deals. And you guys are probably among the most creative investors that I know that are doing some really cool stuff. So do you have any other examples that kind of pop up in your mind? Maybe another example that it's like, man, this is one that a lot of people brought to us. They couldn't get it done. A bunch of investors couldn't do it, but we came in and did it. Oh, the one that we resold back to them. They stayed in it. Oh, my mother um, died. Or the father died. Oh, we had a. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so we actually, <laughs> so we got a contract on my birthday, um, which was pretty cool. And uh, that one, we were actually purchasing it uh, subject to uh, the existing mortgage. It um, it was a reverse mortgage, but the bank was willing to keep it going as long as the the payments were being made. Hmm. Uh, so we had everything set up. We, we had actually closed on our front end, and we call it the front end. So we, we took possession of the property. The, the seller still owned or still lived in the house um, with a, a temporary residential lease back hmm. that was signed. And they had a new house that was all set up. They were getting ready to move to it. Um, and a few things came up on their credit, I believe, that that didn't pan out for their house. Um, I think they, they could have fixed them, but that made them stop and think. They had some uh, pretty deep connections with the property they were in. They lost her mother and and one of their children in that house. Oh, wow. And so they at first, that's what they wanted to do was leave. Mm-hmm. Um, once it came down to leaving, they didn't want to leave. So they actually had um, some money saved up for a down payment for their new house, which uh, was news to us after we had purchased the house. So they had the money to put the down payment down to buy the house back from us. Hmm. Now, we, we couldn't legally sell it back to her um, because it was in her name to start with. So we we put it back in her husband's name hmm. and was able to sell it back to them where they can stay in the house. And they've uh, made payments on time ever since. Hmm. So that was that was by far an interesting one on, you know, the fact that they were going to move out. We bought it sub two and then we just ended up selling it right back to them. So a lot of these deals that, that other investors, I'm not, I'm not sure if another investor gave you, you guys that one, but a lot of the ones that they are coming to you guys with, are they, is the solution, does the solution tend to be a sub two deal? And, they, and a lot of people just don't know how to do it or is it kind of run the gamut where they're, they're just kind of not thinking creatively enough? Actually, some are not thinking creative enough, and some are not doing their their homework. Actually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had one where um, an investor brought us the deal. He ran the numbers, and and of course, usually the new wholesalers they're they got high ARV, low repair costs, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, Glenn Garrett. So an investor brought to us and said, "Hey, I think the ARV is only about one seventy." And the repairs are fifty thousand, hmm. right? And the purchase was I don't know, like ninety uh, or something. Yeah, ninety thousand. So it would have been a kind of tight deal for a flip. But then we were like, well, let's let's let us look at it. We looked at it, ran comps. We're like, oh, these, this ARV is not one seventy. This ARV is two twenty. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> fifty thousand off. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, hey, we'll take the deal. Um, how about, you know, we'll split the deal with you. Mm-hmm. And so we, we got it at 90. I think we spent 
$300 cleaning the house. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we did. We cleaned the house. Yeah. The houses in the area were selling for ridiculous numbers um, as is without doing any repairs. Hmm. So there was – we would have made the same or – I think we would have actually made less. We rehabbed. Have you rehabbed, rehabbed it? it. Mm-hmm. So, so we just cleaned it, put it back on the market for 140 and it sold for one fifty five. Yeah, or one, yeah, one fifty five. Huh. So we made sixty four thousand on that 64. one. Somebody didn't know what to do with. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did was clean it up. That's it. And so he, he didn't have his numbers. He came to you guys. He had numbers, but they weren't the accurate ones. He came to you guys. You guys knew the numbers better, and all of a sudden it made it to where it's like, whoa, this is either really tight and it's going to be tough to get it done. To this is a slam dunk deal that you guys can get done quick. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I, I, I love it, man. It's like. Thinking of that kind of stuff right there, because you have these sellers out there that are struggling to, for one reason or another, with with this house, and 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 having guys like you out there able to structure these and get creative with it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's helping more people get what they need out of their home, their home solution rather than having to have it before close on or something like that. So I love what you guys are doing, and it pumps me up that you guys are able to partner with a bunch of investors there. And you guys are building that name. Like I said, you guys are building that name. So how, how often would you, would you guys think that you're getting deals sent your way from other people in that market? Because they're like, hey, these are the guys who can get the hard deals done. How often? Is it every day, every week? It's every day now. It's every day, once or twice a day. Like right before we jumped on this uh, cast, I showed uh, Trevor the phone and another one popped in my phone like, as soon as right when we got started. So yeah, yeah, it's coming in every day, especially this week. Like I said, it's foreclosure week. I prep myself on Mondays, but I'm never prepared because it's, <laughs> it's a crazy it's, week. It's a long, crazy week. So um, so we're we're re- almost at the end. So and I can't wait for next Monday for uh, R.J. Bates uh, golf golf. Uh, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so we'll be there. The, the charity, the charity event. I'm, I'm pumped for that, man. We were when we were at the Investor Fuel Mastermind. Him and uh, Cassie had a chance to talk about what they're doing, and um, man, the 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 nonprofit that they have, I never even knew about it before then, and it's just so cool what they're doing. And there was one specific scenario where a person came to them, and I don't remember the exact scenario with the child, but I think the child had cancer or something like that. And um, well, it's kids beat cancer, right? That's the char- the yes, charity yes. name. So the child had cancer, and um, the house actually had a, a tax. Um, a tax lien on it or something like that where they were behind on taxes and it was only like two or three grand to pay it off but they were starting to get hounded by the city and a bunch of stuff and and um they came to his charity and we raised all that money in like 10 minutes in that room and it was just so cool and it was just yeah. so cool seeing okay if someone someone grows a business but then how do you step outside of just the transaction how do you step outside of just the business and go i'm going to use this influence i'm going to use this thing that we're building to impact people's lives in great ways so i'm pumped you guys are going to be at the golf tournament that's awesome yeah that's really cool. So I want to talk about lead gen a little bit for you guys because I know you guys are going to close, it sounds like, 100-plus deals this year. Um, what's kind of the breakdown? Where are you guys getting your leads? Where are you guys getting your deals? Um, what's working right now? And what? And on the last part of it, are there things that have been working that are starting to slow down for you now? <laughs> Go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, right now... Our, our lead generation is pretty much um, it's a lot of social media and people bringing us the deals like mm-hmm. we were just talking about um, we, we watch a lot of the wholesale deals that are sent out 
and then Tang's always on social media looking for the the deals that people are, are putting out there as well. So I would say a good half to a third of them come from there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good amount. Um, the other marketing that we're doing is uh, cold calling, uh, which we're, we're just starting to get moving. I think mm-hmm. we've got uh, maybe one or two from there so far. And cool. then um, our PPC campaign. Cool. Um, we, we occasionally throw out a, a, a marketing campaign for door hangers. Um, we used to be big on bandit signs, but we've slowed down, but we still do, um, you know, a quick bandit sign campaign every once in a while just to see what, what we can get from it or not. So it's a little bit of everything. There's, it's actually a lot. Um, but those, those are kind of our main focus. Tang, are you, are you, are you still doing uh, up in care camp? You were like putting stickers in the back of windows and stuff like that. Are you guys still doing any of that stuff? The car bandit I, signs? I actually slowed down on that, but yeah. I got two calls the last two days. Oh, today's call was from Louisiana. Yeah. One of my car is in Louisiana right now, <laughs> and um, it's, it's going to be a sub – it looks like a sub-two deal. Uh, uh, yeah, I was like – In where? Louisiana. In Louisiana, <laughs> but I'll make it happen. It's in uh, Louisiana Tech town. So I was like, well, why is my car doing way out there? Like, oh, wow. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, so – and it, it still works, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm about to put some more stickers on actually um, today. So so that 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 to me kind of goes back to the whole creativity side of things, you know, where a lot of investors they just do the the kind of cut and paste. I'm just gonna do the same thing over and over again, and they don't try the things that are creative. And that's one thing I love about all three of you guys is you guys all three think creatively, creatively, but kind of from a different angle of it. And um, with, with that strategy, when, when you explain it to us at Care Camp, I'm like, it's so simple, but it's like no one's doing that, and it's really, really smart. Yeah. And so, uh, why don't you just explain to people what that what that is that what we are doing with cars anyway? Oh, so bandit sign on wheels. That was something I learned um, from a gentleman out of Phoenix, and I just took it and just scaled it. I, I so what it is is just a decal on the car that says, you know, we buy houses with a phone number and an extension. And that extension is connected to the car. So every car has an extension number. So I know when the, the callers come in, they'll tell me or they'll dial in, hey, what's the extension? They'll dial that extension in. And I'll know which vehicle to to compensate. Mm. So I know who's working, who's driving, who's out there. And I also know who's getting in trouble, too. Because, <laughs> you know, you can't control the cars, you know, whether they want to the speed or whatever that, you know, that's that's them. Yep. So. Um, but that that that's what bring that was bringing in leads at the beginning when I first started. Mm-hmm. I, I I made it a goal because I when I first started I, I had to get the phones to ring so I just spent a good two three months putting nothing but stickers on cars. So that's all I did, and then the call started coming in. I'm like, okay, it's finally working. So I spent <laughs> the first three months not really worrying like learning about real estate, but putting stickers on cars every day, yeah. booking appointments. Instead of for a house, I booked to put decals on cars for like a good three months. And that's all I did. And um, we got, I think I got up to like 400 cars um, at one point. And then, you know, some took it off because it's, it's commission based. Yeah. Um, I let them know that it's commission based. So, you know, you, some cars are worth more than some uh, cars sitting in the gas station, busy gas station worth more than one in the garage. Mm. So I found that out through testing, a lot of testing, a lot of, because first I wanted to put one on every car possible, and then <laughs> so I can't do that. <laughs> and and the cars are not producing, so 
Uh, and you can tell because I have I track the numbers and I can see when calls come in. And it's like this guy had a decal on for three months and hadn't gotten one call, and this guy had ten calls and it's only been a month. So mm-hmm. I know who my superstars are and, and make sure I compensate them. So, dude, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's cool. I, I love it. Uh, last little part on, on this on this episode of the podcast. I know you guys are uh, nearing the end of your day in uh, foreclosure week, but. The business partnership thing is something that, that's came up quite a bit just in conversation I've had with other people. And um, and what are some of the things that you guys have had some struggles with as business partners? Because you guys are in that first year. You have different personalities. You work in different ways. Uh, what are some struggles you guys are having? And then what advice would you give people that are looking to form a business partnership with someone um, that has worked for you guys for communication or for whatever it is, but what struggles have you had and what is working to make sure you guys work really, really well together? Um, so starting off, I would say some of the struggles, uh, is, is just finding how to best work together. I mean, hmm. cause when we first came together, we just kept doing what we were doing, but all together. So it, it worked um, for a little while, but then we, we noticed like we'd be doing all these different deals and, you know, Tang may know everything about one or Fred may know everything about the other one, you know, but nobody knew anything about all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, th- and that was kind of a big struggle because if somebody was out, you know, the point of working together is, is to be able to take over and, and be able to, to handle all those, those deals and those situations for everybody else. So, um, in the last, I don't know, two or three months, we, we were recommended a book called Traction by Gino Wickman yep. Yep. Uh, from a few different investors. And we've kind of started running through that process. We've really um, defined our roles, uh, which we did a little bit before starting the book, but this really helped us hit on it. Mm. Uh, and so, so defining those roles and, and keeping everybody working, um, you know, in their niche in their comfort zone on, on what it is that they're good at, um, has helped us, you know, kind of jump up and, and do some more deals and be a lot more organized. So I guess some advice would be just to, uh, you know, if it doesn't work right in the beginning, you know, just take the time to reevaluate and maybe figure out why it's not working. Don't, don't give up and just say, well, partnerships don't work. Um, you know, figure out why or what you can do to change it and make it work. Because there's ways. Who 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 on your guys' team is more of a follow through person? Like, hey, they they just get bugged by having half half read books done. They get bugged like they've got to have a checklist, and they're really good at pushing it past the finish line. And who on right there? <laughs> everyone's pointing. Everyone's pointing. <laughs> Eric. And then um, Fred and Tang, are you guys kind of more quick starts? Your idea people, you're okay with having a bunch of stuff kind of halfway done and stuff. Okay. Yeah, I'm more of a visionary, just more of like, yeah, ideas and just, yeah, a whole bunch of ideas. I always have ideas. <laughs> Too many ideas sometimes. Yeah. It's like ideas on top of ideas. It's like, but yeah. we, we came with some, uh, we, when I tell them the ideas and then we finally break it down together and then we come up with something like very, that works. That works. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. So I guess but between us, what we really try and focus on is, is, uh, Tang, um, is more in the PR and marketing, you know, some of that, those social media relationships, the, uh, the larger relationships that we need as a business, um, as well as, you know, finding the majority of deals and then marketing a lot of them. 
Um, Fred handles a lot of the operations. You know, he's he's great with the contractors and GCs, like I mentioned before, and um, you know knows the rehab process probably better than either of us. So, and then um, I'm I'm kind of the work in the business and and try and collaborate it all between everybody and and keep us you know working and and using the CRMs and everything that we need to there. So. Mm-hmm. So that right there is why it's working. I want everyone who's listening to this or watching this on YouTube to recognize this partnership here because you can get in partnership with people who are awesome that you love. I've done that before where uh, Chris Brisson, I've mentioned him a bunch in the Carrot Cast, good friend of mine, his family was out at our house about a month ago uh, for a week, but we're not good business partners together because we're like the exact same person. You know, there are ideas everywhere and then nothing got done, nothing got done. And, and, and neither one of us were willing to take the back seat and kind of be the number two. And, um, and it was just amazing. Now with carrot, it's just different. You know, we, we've learned, okay, well shoot, there's gotta be the end of the yang. There's gotta be the person who's willing and able to, and they love being able to, to, to organize and push things forward. That's where their unique ability and their unique genius is. And there's gotta be the big vision to help pull people up and like, Hey, let's think a little bit bigger. Are we not thinking big enough? And, and during some of that, just like with anything, you take a rubber band, you stretch it far enough where someone's kind of trying to anchor, anchor you and, and, and keep it down here. And like, Hey, let's make sure we're doing what we've set to, out to do. And then someone else is pulling up there. If you pull it too far, the rubber band breaks. And so that's all about just kind of contraction and coming back together and having the right systems, like you guys said, and the right communication process and cadence and, and, and understanding how each other think. So when you, when you have a disagreement, you know how to work through it and there's no blood and, and stuff around the office, you know, fighting, fighting through it. Like you guys might be passionate about your stance, but then you come to a, uh, an end that, that works for the business. Cause you guys are all focused on the same thing. You want to see a great end for your guys' company and, uh, and contribute. So I'm pumped about what you guys are doing. Uh, last question for you, the market, I know the market's been hot. Uh, what are you guys seeing down in Dallas and are you guys going to be changing your strategy any in the next 12 months based on what you see in the market? Definitely changing strategy, but not really based on the market. We're just trying to grow into the new builds and the multifamily. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of our change. It doesn't really have to do with the market. We're just growing into new business. Cool. Yeah. So, so the rental market is ridiculous. It's, it's the price is, is, is awesome. So, we're looking at cash flow. We're looking at building, um, you know, like fourplexes, quadplexes, some more affordable mm. than the new high-rise apartments, the A-class or whatever. So, so we know the the rental market. So we know how to price it right, and it's going to be it's going to stay 100. percent So that that's that's what we're looking at. Cool. Yeah, I love it. We do see the the higher end um, homes. 400,000 plus here is, is a little bit um, on the upper end and they, they tend to be sitting a little bit longer now. So if anything, I don't know that we're changing our strategy. Like Fred said, we're not really changing much. We're just not really, if that opportunity comes up for a house in that price range where it may be a flip or a rehab or we're not getting into those. Mm-hmm. So not really changing much, just not really um, just hitting those, those ones that are sitting longer. So staying in the lower price range too, that are selling fast. So are you guys, are you guys, I mean, you, you guys are probably in the market where there's more carrot customers than any other, any other market out there. And what kind of objection we'll have, you know, from people's like, Hey, there's 8 million carrot customers in this market. And, um, it's not just about carrot customers either. It's about competition. There's a bajillion investors in Dallas, Fort Worth. So one thing I want people to really look at with this podcast is these guys have formed a company. They were technically competitors before, right? Technically 
Now they're one company, and now they're collaborating with so many other investors in that market, and a third to half of their deals come from other investors. So I want people to really listen to that and recognize that when you take it from a collaborative approach, and there's a big pie, and we're going to kind of share, and everyone's there's enough for everybody, you can do it and go, grow an amazing business. And also these guys, I was just pulling up uh, the site that uh, we've been working on with you. And you guys are number three in Google now for Summer House Fast Dallas. You guys, you guys overcame Express Home Buyers in the last week, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So hopefully that keeps marching up. But same thing, um, that site for you guys is new within the past six or seven months, um, and it just really, really depends on how how people out execute the competition. So I'm just really proud of all that you guys are doing to 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 give a, an amazing name for investors in Dallas and around the country collaboration, helping sellers out of sticky situations and not just, hey, does this fit in my box and let me leave the seller hanging. And uh, also just uh, I'm pumped about what the future is for you guys because uh, you guys are still kind of in the honeymoon phase that first year um, yeah. in a business partnership. And I'm excited to see what happens when, when things break a little bit because they will and, uh, and see how you guys get through it. I know you'll do great and I'm just pumped about your next phase. It's really, really exciting. Thank you for very sure. much. So where can people find you guys? Where can people follow you guys uh, online or even connect with you if they've got a deal to send your way? Well, they can call us for one at <laughs> 817-482-9444. Cool. That's 817-482-9444. Or our website is cashoffersdallas.com. You can also reach us via email at info at fweinvest.com. Cool. And pretty How much else it. You find Tang on social media. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, cool, guys. I appreciate that. Got you guys. Uh, once again, uh, enjoy your families and in, in, in your weekend this weekend. Don't work too hard uh, this weekend. Take a break and enjoy. But I uh, appreciate that, Caddy, guys. Everyone listen to this episode of the podcast. Take away those lessons that the Odd Brothers shared today. You know, collaborate with people in your market. Business can be way more fun when you do it with people instead of by yourself. And go out there and, and, and find a niche where you can solve problems for sellers better than anyone else. And while everyone else is out there paying to generate leads in different ways, they're now sending them to you guys because you can solve the problems for them. That's what creative real estate's about. And these guys are the epitome of it. So thank you guys. Have an amazing rest of the week. And everyone listening, please go rate and review the Carrot Cast. Uh, we would love if you enjoyed this episode and what these uh, guys had to share in their story. Please rate and review. Give them a shout out on social media. And uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you.